Welcome to the Heart Shaped Ministries podcast, where we discuss the big areas of life that God wants to transform in each one of us. In this episode, we're going to be looking at um, the five lies that your child believes. And this really gets to the core of what is happening in the hearts of our children, because from the early stages, There's actually a battle happening for the heart of your child. And many of you who are Christians, you will be very aware of this battle. There is a battle going on for all of our hearts, and it is no different with our children. There is a battle going on for their hearts. So when we look at these five lies, we're going to unpack them a little bit tonight. But really, they look at issues of why they struggle with identity issues why they do things that are opposite to the character that you yeah. actually know that they that they have. Yeah. Why they rebel, why they compare themselves to others, really. and so much more. Don't you want to know why your kids rebel? Why your kids have identity issues? You know, sometimes I think, you know, our kids are amazing and they're they're just wonderful in so many ways and we tell them all the time, but yet they can still struggle with their identity. They still struggle in their hearts with key things that you expect them to have gotten over or not really to gotten over to not have in the first place. Yeah. So we're going to look at those lies tonight and we're going to help you understand them and we're going to help you to know what you can do to create the environment where that those don't stick, where those lies are not believed. So it's going to be good. Let's let's go for it. Great. And I just wanted to remind you as well, if you're just tuning in now and weren't didn't listen to last week's. We spoke last week about the foundations of kind of our parenting philosophy. And really, basically, in a nutshell, that is we are not just about controlling our child's outward behavior, but we're about training their hearts. Very good. Training their hearts for their future, for their destiny, and for generations that will come after them. So when our focus is training their hearts, then it makes a huge difference on how we parent our children day to day. So I just wanted to throw that in there for guys that weren't there. Excellent. Great. So I'm going to start with unpacking some of the five lies that your children will be tempted to believe in their lifetime. And the first one is you are unwanted. And this lie is the lie that says that you are unloved. Mm. It's a big one. The next one is you are insignificant. This is the lie that you don't have a purpose, that you are purposelessness. The third lie is you are a failure. And this is the lie that you are shameful, that there's something shameful about you. The fourth lie is you are incomplete, which is the lie that says you will never be fulfilled and you will never be whole. And the fifth lie, this is kind of the foundational lie of all other lies. And it says that God cannot be trusted. So all the other lies feed into this lie. This is ultimately what the enemy is wanting your children to believe, Hmm. that God cannot be trusted. And it's the lie that, that God is neither great and that he's not good and that in my life he, he is not trustworthy. Yeah. And if you think about your own life, you have probably yourself believed these lies. And maybe even right now you're believing some of these lies that you unwanted, insignificant, a failure, incomplete, or that God cannot be trusted. And God wants to do a work in your heart, too, not just your children. Mm-hmm. And he's going to help give you an understanding of your own identity so that you might be able to pass that on to your children. We really believe that. But I want you to think about those five lies. And it makes sense because these are really the deep longings of each one of our hearts. Every single person on this planet wants Mm -hmm. to be loved. 
Every single person wants a purpose, wants to feel significant and have a contribution to make. Every person wants to feel like they are successful, that they're victorious, that they're not just failing and, and making mistakes all the time. Every person wants to be whole. Every person wants to believe that there's something worth trusting in, worth giving our whole lives to. So the reason that these lies are so believable is because they are so close to, they relate to the very deep longings of each of our hearts. And your children have these longings. They're God-given longings that God gave them from the day that they were born. So the enemy can come in and he starts telling us, telling them these kind of lies. So how can we as parents combat these lies? Because they come like arrows Mm. out of the devil's bow and they penetrate their hearts so quickly and they damage and they leave scars and we wonder how it ever happened. Really the best way to keep these arrows from hitting the mark is for your children to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Mm. Jesus is actually the only one who can ultimately protect them and guard them. He has this way of stepping in front of arrows Mm. that the enemy shoots. And he takes the hit. He did on the cross. He does every day of our lives. And so really a personal relationship with Jesus is the best way to guarantee it. However, as parents, you can do some things as well. And the main thing you can do is create the atmosphere in which the lies will not fly, will not stick into your child's heart. It's the environment that's really key. And let's look at the environment for each one of these lies. Great. So I'm going to look at the lie being unwanted. And the lie that being of being unwanted sticks in our children's hearts when the environment at home is abandonment. Now that might sound very dramatic and you might think, well, I've, I'm there for my children. I've never abandoned them. This can also be when mom and dad are just actually unavailable. Yeah. So they don't prioritize time. As we all know, life is crazy. It gets so busy. And if there is kind of a continual pattern or a cycle of mom and dad just actually being unavailable, then kind of the environment starts to feel like that they're, that they're abandoned, whether that's just emotionally even. And that can begin to open the door yeah. to the lie that they are unwanted. They can start feeling unloved. And time is how our children spell love. It is time. If they are not getting time, then they will begin to feel unloved and potentially unwanted. And that is how you keep the lie of being unwanted out of your child's heart. Love and time. The next lie is insignificant lie. And the insignificant lie where they feel I am insignificant sticks in your child's heart in an environment of contempt. And contempt can happen in the environment when, uh, with words that so quickly come from a parent's mouth without thinking, particularly uh, when in situations where children are frustrating. It's things like, you know, stop being so pathetic. You know, stop being so pathetic. And it's outbursts of frustrations. And sometimes we can just be like, oh, I mean, what now? What now? Especially when they're kind of annoying us. Um, and those kind of explosions, now what? Those frustrations, those harsh words, In our minds as parents, we are thinking that they are connected to the situation only. Mm -hmm. But what your child hears is not situational. They're not able to distinguish kind of you're mad at this situation. They think you're mad at me. 
and they hear I am pathetic. They don't hear what I'm doing is pathetic. We are saying what you're doing is pathetic. Mm. They're hearing I'm pathetic. They're hearing that I'm useless or I'm insignificant. You're being useless. You're being, you're doing things that's insignificant. And that can be really harmful for a child. How do you counter this as a parent? Well, encouragement. You're wanting to create the environment of encouragement. Thank you so much. I saw Aubrey there giving us some encouragement. He says, come on, guys, this is good. We need that encouragement, just like your children need that encouragement. Thank you so much, Aubrey. That's right. Encouragement is the way to counter it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we unpack all of this in, in our book. We unpack it in our e-courses that you can get through our website. Um, we talk about how you can best line up your words to bring out the most mm-hmm. in your child's heart. But just remember, insignificant environment of contempt. Think about what that environment is like in your home. Counter it with encouragement. Mm, that's good. Right. So the lie that I'm a failure sticks in our children's hearts when the environment at home is one of shame. Yeah. And sadly, this is quite easy to to get to this environment if we're not careful, if we don't watch our words, if we don't watch our responses to our children. So statements like, I cannot believe that you did this, or you do this all the time, or look what you've done now. Now we've all said (laughs) these things to our children Mm -hmm. at one time or another. But what we're talking about is intentionally building the environment that we want in our homes so our children's hearts will flourish in truth. So in this area, if we say stuff like that, or I don't know if I can ever forgive you. So even if I think about in our home, so I mean, your children will break things. They will will make mistakes. What we do not want to do at all costs is we do not want to breed an environment where our children are afraid to fail where mm-hmm. failure is the worst thing that can happen yeah. because failure is inevitable. It is inevitable in all of our lives. It's inevitable in their lives. So we do not want to create an environment where failure is the worst thing. And if they do fail, then it's a shameful thing. And this can be as as small a thing of how we react when they are foolish or when they break something or if it's always a big yeah. explosive ordeal or we shame them in front of people or shout at them in front of people, that will create an environment of shame. Yeah, we have in our home this habit of breaking glasses. <laughs> yes, all the time. We go through so many glasses. And what happens is a glass will fall, it will shatter, it makes a loud noise, you get scared, everybody gets scared. And often in a, in a moment of being frightened, what comes <laughs> out, the knee-jerk response is just like, what? Why? Why another glass? And you get... <laughs> So, and it's so easy for words of shame. I can't, you did it again. You've done it again. Can you stop breaking things? You know, <laughs> and they're just hearing you should be shamed of yourself. You know, that's what you should be ashamed of yourself. That's what we're saying. And the more we say it, the more we're creating that environment where failure, you're going to have to actually almost kind of prepare yourself for catastrophe to happen. <laughs> yes. Just know that a plate's going to break. Know that a glass is going to break. And when it does, and I've had to train myself on this. I I used to be the worst reactor, just boom, you know, just coming out and just what again? Are you serious? Um, And I've had to train myself when it breaks. I think, you know what? It's just a glass. Mm -hmm. You know what's more important? What's more important is my child's heart. What's more important is my child um, knowing that it's okay for them to make mistakes. And for me to say, you know what? It's just a glass. It's just a glass. Are you okay? Let your first be response be, are you okay? Yeah. That's just a little example. You will have lots of 
opportunity to turn what could be a moment of shame. How could you do this? And especially when they come and they speak even bigger issues to you, you know, like dad, mom, I've made a big mistake. How your face looks, how you respond. You need to be careful. Are you going to create an environment of shame? Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, you know, are you, this is terrible. And, you know, I know some parents that just, you know, have broken down weeping in front of their children. You need to hold it together a bit. You don't want them to think that no mis- that there is a mistake that God can't fix and that you can't love them through. Mm. So you always want to do that. Uh, Absolutely. Careful and you have you- to create an environment um, where mistakes are okay. Yeah. So that next lie, the fourth lie is that you're incomplete. And that lie, that I'm incomplete... Um, that sticks in our child's hearts. It's, it's that lie that it's, you don't have what it takes. You know that lie. You don't have what it takes. And that lie sticks in our child's hearts in an environment of comparison. Comparison is really easy to do. You know, can't you be more like your brother? You know, your brother, you know, can't you can't you be more like your cousin? Or even just this constant praising of people uh, that you admire that are similar age of your children. And your children can pick up that it's actually a loaded compliment of someone else like your cousin is so talented you know your cousin can really sing well and have you tried singing and they know whatever you want them to be more like someone else than like themselves and that environment of comparison it sticks into their hearts in our um, e-courses that we have online we speak a lot around how you can maximize your own child's strengths so that they don't fall Mm -hmm. into comparison But one of the ways that you can do it as a parent is to create an environment instead of comparison of gratefulness. Mm -hmm. Gratefulness actually is that hidden um, kind of uh, hidden weapon against comparison that we don't often know that there's a connection there. Gratefulness is not just whenever you're grateful for your child. You can you can do that. Certainly you can say, wow, God has has made you so talented and I love this about you. But also just an environment of gratefulness where you talk about how God has provided all we need. Mm -hmm. Because in an environment of comparison, what you end up doing as well is you compare what you don't have with what other people have. And and we Mm -hmm. can do it all the time without knowing we're speaking in front of our children. We say, you know, man, I just wish I we could have this that those people have, you know. Mm -hmm. Or you might say to your child and with all good intentions, I wish I could send you to a better school. I'm so sorry. You know, I wish we could do those kind of comments about not having enough breeds in your child that they don't have enough and that they'll never have enough, that they're going to always be incomplete. Other people have what it takes. Other people have what they need. I don't have what I need. And you're going to have to counter that by learning to count your blessings Mm -hmm. in front of your children. Wow, we've got this. Wow, we've got that. So amazing. Oh, thank you, Ron. And hey, wow, Ronnie, nice to see you on here. Nice to see you. There isn't a mistake they can make that God can't love them through. So good. Thank you for repeating that. Just want to draw attention to that again. (laughs) Ronnie, our friend, so great to see you on here. Um, That's true. And that is very, very true for your your children. And then the last lie um, that God cannot be trusted. Yeah, this is the ultimate lie. So this is kind of where the enemy is heading with all of these other lies and with, you know, their responses to things that happen to them in their lives. He wants to get them to the place where God cannot be trusted and they feel that deep in their hearts. And this will become 
this can become a lifelong thing where they're suspicious of relationships, where they struggle trusting um, friendships, ultimately their spouse. um, And the best counter for this is for you as a parent to place your trust in God and to be trustworthy yourself, to demonstrate what it is to live out a trustworthy life before God and before them. Yeah. The reason people often struggle to trust God is when grief happens in the home. And maybe your child has already experienced grief. Maybe you have. Maybe there's been a trauma that's happened in your house. Um, In South Africa, there's lots of trauma that happens with break-ins and and things like that. We've had a few ourselves. We've had five guys in our home Taking our TV, I chased them. I was in my underpants, yeah, underwear. Yeah, it was not pretty. It's not a pretty. I jumped through the window. I jumped through the window. I cut my foot on some uh, some glass, and they're running. And I'm chasing. And this guy's got a knife in his hand. And there's five of them running off with my flat screen TV. So I'm running after them, you know. And I said, "Hey!" And of course, you're not thinking. I mean, it's like four in the morning. So I was absolutely not thinking. And I just yell at this guy, "Hey, stop! Hey!" I've got a gun. So that was like the dumbest thing you could say to somebody because the guy turns around with his knife and he comes charging back at me. Oh yeah, you've got a gun where? And it's like, he's like, I'm going to take that gun from you or he knows that I'm bluffing. So I was like, whoa, 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 okay, okay. I don't have a gun. I don't have a gun. Just take the TV. Take the TV. And they turn and run. So five guys in your home, the next morning there's trauma in, in my heart especially. And then in my children, they're starting to experience this stuff. And that kind of sense of grief, I need to be aware that they're experiencing it. And that's whenever I need to help turn my family back to God and say, we've got to trust God in this situation. Mm. Grief can often plant the lie in your child's heart. Oh, she's God's not going to protect us. And that's whenever as a parent, you want to come in and say the opposite, say the yeah. truth and start finding the areas in which God did protect you. Mm-hmm. And he did protect us certainly in that time. That's how you can counter that lie. And you can grow your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That helps them to trust God. Learn to fill your home with God. Megan's very good yeah, at doing this. Absolutely. Oh, thanks, babe. You are. You're very good. You fill the <laughs> atmosphere with the atmosphere. God. I'm so afraid to sin in in our house because there's just this thick atmosphere of Jesus, you know, because of. (laughs) But I think I think what we have to remember in all of this is that we're also teaching our children, especially in under this one of trusting God, is that we can't control often what happens to us, but we can control our responses. Yeah. Um, So and we have to model that to them. That not that we're not real. We we need to be real. It's good to be real with the pain or the disappointment of things that happen. But we have to model our response, like yeah, David, of in the of expressing his pain, expressing the disappointment and suffering. But then we point it back to Jesus. But He is always trustworthy. He's always with us. And I think with all of these things in in creating environments in our home, we have to remember as well that what we celebrate in our homes. So like the things that we can do to counter the lie, what we celebrate is the environment that we will create in our homes. It's the environment Mm. we'll create in our children's hearts. So it's really, really important in our homes what we are celebrating. Thank you, Debbie, for that encouragement. Appreciate that, Debbie, for your encouragement. Good stuff. I would love to ask you guys, pose a question to you. What do you look at at these five lies? What are the lies right now that you know your children 
are believing or or that you you know your children have gone through maybe let's let's just see hear from you what are some of the lies that your children uh, what's the big one so you've got you are unwanted you are insignificant you are a failure you're incomplete god cannot be trusted what's some of the stuff that you've seen come out in your own children i know for us um, especially our girls um, there's this desire to feel uh, this need in, in, in everyone, mm-hmm. but I can this desire to want to be loved, to want to be wanted, and it often can affect their self-image. It's so important mm-hmm. for dad to spend time with them. So I think that's a big one, yeah. um, that unwanted, especially in the teenage years, that lie can be so clear, especially when friends are being chosen. So what are the lies? Which one? Comparison. Yeah. Thank you, Glenn. You're mentioning so comparison. True, Very good. Comparison is is uh, very true. Um, Glenn White is there just speaking about comparison. Um, I think that is a, a common one um, when kids go to school. Comparing, mm-hmm. it starts early on. Um, Aubrey saying shame. Thank you, Aubrey, yeah. for that, that you're right. Um, and I think sometimes we find that, the, that our children, especially if you have multiple children, so we've got five, and that there'll be different ones that they'll struggle with. And if you can start seeing them, you know, their struggles or choices they make through through asking the question, okay, so what lie are they believing mm. right now? It's super helpful because you can kind of trace it back and then you can start to see, okay, what yeah. are the things that I need to start working on to counter that lie? Sorry, Debbie, I just saw unwanted and that God cannot be trusted. These are huge ones. Yeah. These are huge ones. And these are huge ones for us in our own lives as adults, as parents, hmm. to be sure that we we need to ask ourselves the same questions. Are there lies that we're believing? And how? Do, what do we need to do to counter them? Uh, Debbie's question, my foster children um, abandoned by their bi- biological mom. Wow. Yeah, that is a big mm-hmm. one. We, you know, our, ourselves um, have an adopted child and we know that one day we're going to have to talk through that um, with him, it, that's a big one. And um, as a parent, how do we engage in that level? I mean, we we don't know yet. We're learning these things as we mm-hmm. go, and that's new territory for us. He hasn't actually, you know, put the dots together yet, so we haven't had that conversation. But when children feel an extreme abandonment, mm-hmm. um, that can be utterly, utterly, um, yeah, destructive to their hearts. Um, it's so important then that we learn yeah. to not neglect, to not abandon, to yeah. help. Where Absolutely. we can. And to make time. And to know that whatever your children have been through, um, nothing is unredeemable. Jesus can redeem anything. So no lie, no experience that they've had, no trauma that they've had is beyond is beyond him. Yeah. So his exactly. will, his truth is more powerful. And sometimes that takes time. Um, and that takes time building an environment. But nothing is impossible for him to grow. That's great. Any questions anybody have? We we had a question from last week that we want to answer. But if there are some questions with regards mm-hmm. to what we're even talking about tonight, um, people often want to know about discipline, uh, questions around discipline. We are going to get to that in the next couple of weeks. We are going to be hitting discipline and talking. Mm-hmm. So please stay tuned. We're doing this every Wednesday night. Love for you to come back and just hear just a short 30, 40 minutes of connecting with you as a parent, answering your questions how we can. Um, everything we're doing is based, uh, things we're saying is based on our book, Heart Shaped Parenting. And if you don't have that uh, book yet, you can go get it. You can get it at um, our website, Heart Shaped Parenting. Uh, 
dot org, or you can get it at heartshapeministries.com. So our uh, parenting stuff is there available. Let me put that up on the screen for you to see, heartshapeministries.com. So there you go. Find that book. But let's answer a question that we had from last week while we wait yeah. if there are other questions that you might bring tonight. Yeah, so we had a question um, mm-hmm. last week of how do you get your older children or your older child to speak kindly and not aggressively <laughs> to your younger children? That is a good question. That is a good question. And I just wanted to respond with some of the things that we have done and that we are still that we are still working on. Um but we often would start from the perspective of of teaching them how people are precious. Mm. So people are precious. Good. God created people. Things that are precious, we need to take care of. We need to honor. We need to be kind to. Um, we would also talk quite a lot about our words yeah. and about how our words impact. So our words can build up or our words can tear down. And we'd give examples of that. You can, if your child is younger, you can even do, you know, the example of building up a wall and that you want your words to be things that build up and not things that smash things down. Um, So we did stuff like that. Um, And then we also, because the environment of our home, we want it to be one of honoring so that it's a value that we have. We also have to make sure that we are actually practicing that as well. So if there is a quality that you are wanting to work on in your child or in your children, you have to make sure that you are displaying that quality as well, which is often the hardest part. So we have to make sure that we speak in an honoring and kind way to each other, that we're speaking honoring and in a kind way to the children as well. And so those are just some things we've done. So to check your own speech, how is your own speech at the moment with your spouse, with your children, Mm. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add. Well, just add the that honoring aspect. One of the things that we've done, and we speak about it in our e-course and in, in the book as well. In the e-course, there's two e-courses. In the one, um, the, the one that's uh, Shape Your Child's Heart for Life, we talk about how to, and we give you examples and we show you how you can choose values for to build your home life around. And in our top five values, we chose, we did an activity together as a family and we chose the value of honoring. So it's one of our values that we put in with our kids and with our. And so we've been able to kind of draw their attention back to that when they are being dishonoring to one another and say, remember, when we all decided that this word was going to be one of our top five values and we display those values around the house. So we're, we're calling your attention to this. And so. It's something that is, has already been set in their hearts and they help decide those values because mm-hmm. they were a little bit older when we did this activity. And so we're able to draw them back to a, 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 almost like a value or a, a promise that they made to be one towards one another. So it's a preemptive thing, deciding what your top val- five values are and then celebrating them with your children. We walk that through in the book and in the courses to do that. But that's a yeah. great, you can even do that even here. Um, when you come off, you can grab your children and say, yeah. let's talk about what we're going to value and what kind of behaviors, everyday value behavior, driven behaviors that we're going to do that's going to create the atmosphere that we want in our house. So, yeah. <clears throat> so we're not seeing any other questions right at the moment. So I, it would be nice to end by asking you guys a question. So if you can remember the, the lies that we spoke about, the environment's how to counter those lies. 
is there an environment that you need to work on in your home? And we've got just a few minutes if you want to put it out there and tell us, but what comes to your mind? Is there an environment, is there a lie that you need to be countering in the lives lives of one of your children? Some of you wrote some of those already, but is there an environment that you need to really invest in and work on in your home? And so those environments are that we spoke about, the things that happen are contempt, or sorry, abandonment for the lie that you've that you're unwanted abandonment, contempt, and then shame, and then comparison, and then um, trust. Uh, let's see what Mark has to say here. Mark, getting a great comment right there. Shame, I I, I can't figure out on the fly how to yeah, turn this into a text that you can actually read. But it says every conversation we have, whether the kids are in the room or not, is modeling for children who we are, let me bring it back up, who we are and how we are to be. Mm. Love this talk of being honorable. Thank you so, so much, good. Mark. And that's absolutely Very spot good. on. Every conversation we have is modeling to our children. There, there's mm. an author called Robert Fulcrum. He wrote the book, Everything I Ever Learned, I Learned in Kindergarten. And one <laughs> of his famous lines he says in there is that uh, don't be afraid that your children are are going to, are listening to everything you say. Be afraid that they're watching everything you do. And they do, they watch everything we do. Yeah. Um, and so they're watching and they're learning from us. Thank you for that comment. It's good, Mark. It's very good. And I think, so with the lies, those are the negative environments. The positive environments that we're wanting to create, with the lie being unwanted, is time and love. It's how we counter it. Encouragement. Under failure, it's creating an environment where mistakes are okay. And being incomplete is creating an environment of gratefulness. And where God cannot be trusted, it's creating an environment where we trust God and where God is trustworthy. So which environment do you want to create? We can pray for you right now, pray with you. Mm. So put it up there. Is it the environment of love, or which is time yeah. or love? Do you want us to pray for an environment of, what do we say, gratefulness was one yeah. of them. I know an environment of encouragement, encouragement or do you need an environment of mistakes are okay to be made um, or an environment of trust in God? Put it up there and we're going to pray with you. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah, for your comment there. So, so good as my eldest tends hey, Sarah. to be quite negative and often I find myself entering into arguments with her. Yeah, I want to create a positive Absolutely. environment. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Sarah, for being so vulnerable. We really appreciate that. Um, okay, Sarah says, definitely, Sarah, where are, you, where are you? There you go. Definitely an environment of love and gratefulness. Good, good. So good. Can we be? Can they be seen up here better, better perhaps? There we go. Let's Maybe see if that works. Better. Okay, great. Thank you, Sarah. Good, Sarah. Lord, we pray right now for the... Sarah, the Harvison family, Lord, we pray, God, that you would create a, that environment of love and gratefulness that they need. Yes, I pray, Jesus. God, that you would bless them, Lord, that you would give her the words, even as arguments come up with her oldest. I pray that you would help give her wisdom in that moment to counter that with love and uh, with with seasoned words, we pray, Father. She'd find seasoned so words that are, are full of your heart for her child. We mm -hmm. pray, God, thank you. Um, 
and uh, Aubrey as well. Trust uh, for me. Love that. Yeah, we pray, God, for Aubrey too. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you would get trust in that house, Lord, even for himself, that he would learn to trust you in the most dire circumstances and be able to model that trust to his children. In the name of Jesus, we ask for that. Um, We pray for that too for Debbie, her family, trust and encouragement. Lord, would you just lift them up I pray you you would just bring them into uh, a place where they would each one encourage, yes, not just Lord. the parents to the children, but the children would start to use words of encouragement yeah. and where jokes can be so so quickly can can just fly out of our mouths and sometimes be cutting and sarcasm and it's not always bad, but it doesn't always create the environment we need. Mm. I pray, Father, that there instead would just be lots of life, lots of words yes, of encouragement and building up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And I just want to pray for each person watching now or who will watch. Father, I want to pray for your grace yeah, to parent you, intentionally. Yes, I want to pray God. that you would show them specifically yes, the lies that they need to counter in their children's lives and that you would show them how to build Amen. the environments yes, in their God, home we agree. where their children's hearts are thriving, where they're flourishing in truth not in lies. And I pray if there's anything they're not aware of that you would just reveal Amen. it, Father. We thank you for your goodness. We just ask for your goodness and kindness Amen. to be in each one of Thank these you, families Jesus. And Thank in you, Jesus. Bless in them. In Jesus' name. Bless them. Amen.